What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. We're recording from Toronto this week, but all eyes are on Berlin. Yesterday was Fashion Tech Berlin, a conference on the future of fashion organized by Lisa Lang, founder of Electric Couture. If you haven't heard of Electric Couture yet, they're a fashion tech company pioneering innovations in wearable light and smart energy systems. I've had the chance to interview Lisa via Skype in my work for Third Wave Fashion. She is a stronghold in the fashion tech community and a vibrant woman to watch with an electric personality to boot. We've been following along on Twitter and Periscope as Lisa and others in attendance have been sharing their experience via social media. Berlin, if you're listening, thank you so much for sharing this event via social. We're so sad we couldn't be there, but we're sending you love and support from Canada. We're there in spirit, if not in person. One of the things I really love about media is that even if I miss an event because it's on the other side of the globe, there's these great tools like Twitter and Periscope that allow me to tune in and participate, albeit virtually. Virtual participation is the subject of a recent article by tech writer Rachel Arthur. In a post for Forbes, Rachel highlights how Fashion Week Stockholm is going to be experimenting with virtual reality on the runway. Well, we've seen big-name fashion brands like Tommy Hilfiger and Dior venture into VR. Swedish designer Ida Klamborn is giving those not in attendance to her show the opportunity to take a front-row seat. Writes Arthur, fans around the world will be able to access the show as it takes place during Fashion Week in Stockholm on February 3rd via their mobiles and a Google Cardboard set. Uh, The project is a part of the designer's push to democratize fashion, making it less for the elite and more widely available for mass audiences. It's such an interesting article for a number of reasons. We have the virtual reality piece, but also this idea of the democratization of fashion, which is something we're seeing um, always in light of new technologies like Instagram. It's fascinating to see how the more new media technologies are adopted, the more democratic and accessible not only content but industries are becoming. We'll put the article on the website. Thank you, Rachel, for writing it and sharing it. On today's episode, she has been an advocate for startup culture in Toronto for at least the last five years. Her event, Startup Fashion Week, shines the spotlight on emerging brands looking to get off the ground in Toronto, often companies at the intersection of fashion and technology. Today on the program, my conversation with Jody Goodfellow, founder of Startup Fashion Week. But first, some housekeeping. You may be wondering why I'm not in San Francisco yet. I said in our last episode of 2015 that I was heading to SF in January. I've had some people um, tweeting and emailing questions about that. Uh, Basically, some complications arose bringing my dog across the border, and I've delayed my trip until February, uh, which actually was really good timing because I got asked to speak on a panel at the end of the month in Toronto. I'm going to be speaking at We Are Wearables Toronto, January 25th. This is one of the largest wearable technology meetups in the world. The panel is a writer's recap on the Consumer Electronics Show. I'll be joined by Alex Davies from Tom's Hardware, as well as Daniel Bader of Mobile Syrup. And of course, Tom Emmerich, founder of WWTO. We'll put the link up on the website at electricrunway.com or just check out wearewearables.com for more information. And now, my conversation 
with Jody Goodfellow, founder of Startup Fashion Week. So Jody, welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell us about Startup Fashion Week for folks who don't know. Sure. Startup Fashion Week is an event series that I created and launched in 2014. It started off as just a three-day event where we were hosting kind of like meetups or um, forums and conferences as well as a runway showcase. And in 2015, we expanded to a full five-day event and we added a couple new events to the program where we had a an opening party and media launch as well as an additional forum because it seems like that learning and networking experience is something that people in the Toronto community are really interested in. So it's become an event that has been known to bring fashion and technology together both uh, on the runway but then also in a sort of business conference type form. And I'm curious to know, is that how it started? Did you have the intention of seeking out a fashion tech company or is that something that just happened? No, it's actually exactly what I was hoping for. It was kind of part of the vision initially. And more or less what happened was uh, Startup Fashion Week was an idea that was part of an evolution of a series of different events. So it was very serendipitous, but also something that happened as a culmination of different events. So it kind of came about my experience with a previous startup that I was working on called Fashion Forward. It was a fashion tech startup. And with that event, because I was a struggling entrepreneur trying to launch that, I actually started to create a series of events. And so what I was doing was I was hosting a new event every month, mainly because I didn't have a whole lot of money for marketing. And so I thought, what better way to do marketing than to host events every month and get the word out about our startup? So I did that, and one of the events that I created a few years back was called Fashion in the Digital World, where I would invite other startups like myself that were really struggling in a lot of different ways to get their brand out there, to basically do a presentation in front of an audience and have an opportunity to do Q&A, and also network with, with people who have an interest in both fashion and technology. So that event series I started a few years ago, and I would host it in parallel to Toronto Fashion Week to try to, you know, um, take advantage of the traffic in the community that that happened to be here with an interest in fashion already. And I noticed that every time I hosted that event, the audience was growing and there was a lot more interest uh, happening with that event. So I thought eventually when my when my startup came to a pivotal point where I came to the conclusion that it wasn't really going in the direction I wanted it to, I realized that I was onto something successful with that particular event and so that was what kind of prompted me to look at how can I make this event into something bigger and better. So it started as an event that was sort of a marketing tool, as you were saying, and then it led into something more than that. How did you see it as differentiating from the World MasterCard Fashion Weeks that Toronto already has? You mean Startup Fashion Week itself or yes. the original event that I created? Startup Fashion Week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or I guess I imagine I imagine both. Like, how, how did you see it differentiating along the trajectory of it? Well, so to be perfectly honest, as, a, as the founder of a fashion tech startup, the things that I was looking for at that point in the launch phase was I was looking for media exposure. I was looking for opportunities to network with industry professionals 
and as well as trying to find ways to get the brand name out there. And I actually did originally contact the organizers at uh, World Mastercard Fashion Week back then when I was founder of Fashion Forward to see if there were opportunities to integrate fashion tech startups with their program. And unfortunately there wasn't. And I, I pitched a bunch of different ideas, but they just weren't you know aligning with their vision. So to be honest, I think it was a little bit of ahead of uh, the time in terms of where they were with their programming. And, and so I just thought, well, I think I'm just gonna host my own event and see how it goes, just so I can collaborate with other startups who are going through the same pains as I was. So that's how the original event series started, because I was really just looking for opportunities that weren't there, they didn't exist. And back then, the even just the knowledge and language was really unfamiliar to a lot of people. You know, saying the term fashion tech, you know, four years ago, People didn't quite know what you were talking about, at least here in Toronto. Even wearable tech wasn't really a term that was being commonly used back then. Even though wearable tech has been around for many, many, many years, it became a buzzword, you know, just more recently with the rise in, in all the different startups that are working on wearable technology. And what did fashion tech mean to you four years ago? And perhaps how has that definition evolved in your mind? So fashion tech about four years ago really meant to me that it was an umbrella that kind of supported a bunch of different things. It was uh, companies and startups that were doing interesting things that would combine fashion and technology with uh, mobile applications, or it could be e-commerce based brands, or it could be other types of social media and uh, other platforms that involve technology for people who have an interest in fashion. So it really just kind of was an umbrella, but I think that it's kind of evolved a little bit more now into different sort of groupings because uh, even wearable technology is, I would say, closely related to fashion tech, but um, there definitely is some overlap for sure. Yeah, because one of the things I noticed at Startup Fashion Week this year was there was lots of, I mean, still that definition that you talked about of innovative apps and platforms looking to fill a space that's not serviced mm -hmm. online in fashion, but then also on the runway, there's the opportunity to really showcase the wearable technology side of things, 3D printed jewelry, you had you know, Daniel Christian Tang yep. there, as well as Aerosmart. So do you see the event evolving into incorporating more and more wearable technology and you know, being a space to host that conversation of the many definitions of fashion tech? Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of different ways that we can introduce technology or wearable technology or fashion tech into the actual event itself. I've had lots of ideas. Certainly there's a lot of different possibilities, I think, with not just wearable technology, but other types of technologies as well. Yeah, I think so. I'm certainly excited for some of the stuff that's going on. I just read an article by uh, Rachel Arthur in Forbes, who I referenced in the introduction to this episode, and she's talking about how they're going to start using VR on the runway at Fashion Week Stockholm to allow people who are not at the show a front row seat to experience it. And I thought that, that was amazing, yeah. that was an interesting use of it. I want to go back to this, and I'm putting this in air quotes, old definition of fashion <laughs> tech where we're talking about innovative apps and platforms. And you had mentioned Fashion Forward, which was something I wanted to touch on. So this was your startup before Startup Fashion Week. Exactly. And it was very striking when I first read about it because it's very similar to some of the brands that we're seeing do really well with it today. So tell Absolutely. me about tell me about Fashion Forward. 
So Fashion Forward was created out of an idea that I had literally as I was riding my bike along the waterfront in Toronto, thinking about all the clothing that I had in my closet and living in a condo downtown, of course. Many people understand how little space there is. And my boyfriend was actually going to be moving in and I was just at a place of how is that possibly going to happen? You know, where is he going to put all of his stuff? How am I going to deal with this? In any case, I came up with the idea that there needs to be an online platform exclusively for people to buy and sell fashion in the in the same way that we do with all the other things in our homes um, on other platforms like Kijiji, Craigslist, and eBay. But I feel like the experience had to be exclusively just about fashion as opposed to all the goods that you have in your house because people who are shopping for fashion you know they want a certain aesthetic and they want a certain experience so so i felt like it there needed to be a place where it was just kind of a an online hub for buying and selling amazing things in your closet that are no longer being worn but still have value so we did actually build that i had a business partner um, who was a friend of mine and we did go ahead and, and build the idea as kind of a first rendition it was kind of just only ever in beta. We never really got around to redeveloping it into our full vision. But in any case, there were also other people at the same time who had the same idea and building it out. So this Pers- was around circa 2011, 2012? Yeah, I would say uh, around there, around that time frame exactly. And so when we launched the, the beta version of our website, there was another company in Hamilton, Ontario, that launched a very similar one as well about a week after. And we didn't know about them, they didn't know about us. So it was just really ironic about timing. And then we started to slowly learn about other startups in the States and in other parts of the world that were doing similar things too. But unfortunately they had millions of dollars in funding and we couldn't compete with that. And it was just very, very difficult to really get it off the ground and and have it operate in the fashion that we wanted it to. So. Yeah, so let's talk about the difficulties there. I mean, so many times we're quick to celebrate ventures that have done well, but I think that, you know, talking about ventures that don't turn out the way we imagine is important too, especially um, in fashion tech. So I watched a video of you pitching Fashion Forward (laughs) at the Downtown Project in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. And you were talking about some of the reasons why it didn't go the way you thought it went and um, one of the reasons you listed was because both founders were in your 30s and I thought oh my god I'm going to be 30 soon and I got really scared so why why do you think that that was one of the reasons and maybe you can elaborate into oh, wow yeah absolutely so starting a business is never easy no matter what stage of life you're in but you know certainly for me at that part of my life you know I already have a full-time job um, fully established and I have a mortgage so I have responsibilities and when you're starting a business you pretty much have to be prepared to give up everything you're married to it it consumes you you know even when you're sleeping it's really all that is going on in your brain you know so it completely consumes everything about you and all of your time and so being at this stage in my life it was kind of a 
real challenge because I had to balance, you know, my full-time job as well as working more than full-time hours, I would say, on building this business, you know, and at the same time trying to manage, you know, our relationship and also trying to manage other roles that I have and responsibilities that I have. It's just very difficult. And for my partner, he was just newly married and just had a baby about a week before we went live with the first beta version of the website. So that was presenting a lot of challenges for us in terms of taking equal responsibility in building the business out. So it there was a lot of different challenges with this you know time in our life and trying to launch a business but there's no easy time (laughs) so I'll be clear about that there really is no easy time (laughs) but it's a multi-million dollar idea as we've seen with the Poshmarks of the world so do you ever look back and look at the what they're doing with it and think like oh that was my idea or do you think that I mean how, how do you feel about that it is somewhat frustrating to know that there are the same you know platforms out there that are really killing it but really what I've learned in terms of business and what makes business successful it comes down to I guess a few different key things it's not only just a few things but a few real key things the person behind the idea certainly they have to have a certain amount of drive and motivation and a lot of creativity and business savvy skills but I think that it also amounts to their networks and so being able to have the right networks who can help them provide you know introductions to investors and key people who can also help them grow and scale their business and finding the right people to add on to their team as well Um, so I, I can't say that I look back on this as a bad experience I think that I've learned a lot I don't look at this startup as a failure, to be honest. Uh, so we've seen Startup Fashion Week grow over the years. This past event in October, you had a fairly large sponsor come on. Telus was really exciting to have on board, and we were really excited to use their space as well. We were the first uh, first to ever host a fashion-related event in their space, so that was pretty exciting that they trusted us enough to pull it off, and I think we did did it really well. They were also part of our wearable tech showcase at the runway show. So they featured some of the wearable tech gear that they're selling in their stores right now. I'm sure they were happy to have you as well. Mm-hmm. You know, glam up their space a little bit, <laughs> glam up their, their yeah, corporate exactly. offices. You could have just had a fashion show, but you wanted to incorporate this conference aspect of it as well. And there's a panel on the business of fashion, and there's an opportunity, you know, there's lots of opportunity for networking because it spans more than just one night. Why was that important to you? How that came about was because um, when I first started to network in the fashion community of Toronto, when I had my startup Fashion Forward, I felt so very uncomfortable and out of place. And as I started to network more and more, I started hearing more about startup events and things like that that had more to do with technology. And just out of curiosity, I went to some of them and started to really learn a lot about technology and business in general. But I also noticed that the atmosphere of those events were very, very different, completely different. Going to a fashion-related event, I felt like people didn't socialize. They were very much independent and isolated and antisocial. And I just felt like a very cold vibe. Why is that, do you think? I don't know. And is it particular to fashion events in Toronto, or is it... Yeah, I would say so, for sure. I don't know why that is, but 
it was just the feeling that I got that I was very out of place and it's not a place where I felt like I personally belonged. Well, you're not the only one. Because yeah. if I've been at fashion events, the only place I feel comfortable is if I'm crouched in the media pit as small as possible. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah, not blocking yeah, anyone's yeah. view and just, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's something I've always thought about is the difference between the technology and startup culture and the fashion culture and perhaps that's one of the reasons why those two don't seem to be playing nice right now is just because it's made up of such different people and it's such a Yeah, the vibe. people are very different, at least the ones that are going to the events here in mm-hmm. Toronto. You go to a fashion event and everybody, it's all about vanity and I just get a very false sense of reality when I'm in a fashion-related event here in Toronto. But when I go to a startup event, I just feel like everybody is there, honestly, with genuine and authentic intentions of helping each other. You know, they're there to really connect and and just help each other. So I just, I really like that vibe and I felt more comfortable in that sort of setting. And I just felt like this was something that was missing. When building this event, perhaps I could kind of connect those two worlds a little bit more together. And perhaps Um, reframe the culture a little bit. Exactly, that's kind of what I was hoping because I find that in a lot of the conversations that I was having with people in the fashion community or industry, Um, a lot of the same people were giving me the same feedback that those who were in the fashion business as entrepreneurs, whether they were designers or building a fashion tech sort of business, they were mostly creatives, but they were really struggling with how to run the business end of of their business, really. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost like a no-brainer. Well, if that's where you're struggling, then you need to be more open-minded and collaborate more and pick up a microphone and, and just tell people what you're doing. Like, you know, just be more open and more willing to connect with people. So you've spoken to a lot of entrepreneurs and you've had them come through the doors, let's say at Startup Fashion Week. What is the biggest challenge that these entrepreneurs are facing when launching a fashion tech, either product or garment? actually very interesting because I get to see a lot of things that people don't see. We do get a lot of entrepreneurs, even the designers that we're showcasing, they're all at different stages. Some of them just, you know, they don't even have an e-commerce platform where they can show people, you know, their collections. They don't have a website or anything. And then you have a lot of the designers who are already out there you know, selling like Daniel Christian Tang, actually, um, they were part of our wearable tech showcase there. They just actually got a contract selling their merchandise at Holt Renfrew. So they're all in different places, right? And uh, so it's very interesting to see. So what's the criteria? Do they come to you or do you approach them? It depends. So for example, the designers that we showcase, we have an application process. So we promote that and we get a lot of outreach from designers actually globally who all year round who are reaching out to us for opportunities to showcase so that particular piece we do actually get people to apply but for the wearable showcase I actually kind of curate myself and I approach different companies that I think would be interesting to our audience. Um, so Jody, I want to talk about you a little bit more. Sure. So what do we know about you? We know that you are a school teacher. I'm so interested. You know, there's so many school <laughs> teachers that could just be like, well, I've put in my nine to five mm-hmm. and that's it. But mm-hmm. evenings, weekends, and summers, you're planning entrepreneurial endeavors. Why? 
So here's an interesting fact. I've been teaching with the Toronto District School Board for 16 years. So what I've observed is that it's actually very common for high school teachers to have another endeavor on the side. Not so common for elementary school teachers. Hmm. Um, so I don't know why that is. Most of my colleagues have something else on the side that they do. But you don't see yourself as different in the sense that you're... Uh, you know, you're out there being an entrepreneur, planning an event that, you know, some people, they would take their whole year and that would be their whole job. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I think I've always been the kind of person who takes on a lot. I just, I don't stop. <laughs> I don't stop thinking and I don't stop doing. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So we're just about uh, closing in on the time that I have with you, sure. Jody. but I just wanted to ask a couple more questions. In your opinion, what do you think fashion can learn from technology and vice versa? What do you think technology can learn from fashion? Hmm. Well, I think that one thing that they both have in common is that it's a cycle of constant change. And I think it's interesting that fashion is constantly evolving with new trends. And there's also a lot of talk on, you know, fast fashion versus slow fashion. Yet what's interesting is that same conversation hasn't really been brought up with technology. Technology is constantly changing too. There hasn't really been... I guess a comparable of fast technology versus slow technology, and I don't right. know why that is. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of curious, but it'd be an um, interesting conversation to have too, though, because we know sure that be. the the rate at which we're updating our iPhones Constantly. is not good for the environment. Exactly. And, you know, it's the same conversation that fashion has almost already arrived at, and it's not that that conversation is not happening. But yeah, yeah. it's interesting that you point out that both industries are the same and that they're constantly updating. Absolutely. Usually people talk about the differences. Oh, fashion is so much like this and technology <laughs> is so much like this, but Yeah. No, so I guess that's one thing that perhaps technology could learn from fashion is is really investigating solution. Kind of slow it down but also stay, you know, current in in that sense. But but what could fashion learn from technology? We talked about the culture. Yeah. Earlier and about how the sort of startup culture was a lot more open? Yeah, I mean, certainly the, the fashion community can learn from the technology community in that sense for sure. I do agree that there could be a lot more collaboration. Absolutely. And how can people stay in touch with Startup Fashion Week? Well, there's a variety of different ways. Our website certainly is a good point of communication. So it's startupfashionweek.com. And we also have uh, Instagram, which is at Startup Fashion Week, our Facebook page as well for Startup Fashion Week, and we have Twitter, which is at Startup FW. And then, of course, we also have our email, which anyone, you know, can certainly keep in touch. I'm the one who answers all the emails, so I can, I can be reached at info at startupfashionweek.com. Perfect. And do you have the dates yet for the 2016 show? Not yet. Still looking into it, but likely early October. Okay, well, we'll save a spot on our calendar. Perfect. <laughs> good, good. Well, thanks, Jody, so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And, Absolutely. And um, best of luck with the rest of Startup Fashion Week. Thank you. Thank you. conversation with Jody Goodfellow of Startup Fashion Week. That's all for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future.